Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll, and I've got a rock star today. Not the kind you're thinking of, though. This guy's a rock star behind the scenes of AEW. He's also Dustin Rhodes' tag team partner in the Natural Nightmares. I'm talking about QT Marshall. Don't say Marshall. He's making his Talk is Jericho debut. He asked me to do this show about six months ago, but I felt it was finally time after his amazing bunkhouse brawl match that he had just a few weeks ago in Dynamite, uh, one of the best matches I've seen so far this year. You're going to hear his journey to AEW, which includes an almost detour through through WWE. He was offered a tryout, and then it was taken away from him, uh, ripped out of his hands, much like uh, Luther and WCW. He's going to tell that story. He's talking about his wrestling school in Atlanta, how that came to be, the place where AEW filmed six weeks of TV in a single day when the pandemic shutdown first happened at the end of March. KT's got stories about All In in Chicago, meeting Cody, and how a trip for fun turned into a huge opportunity. You can hear about his time in Ring of Honor, the wrestles who inspired him, some of his favorite matches. Here we go. It's QT Marshall right here on Talk is Jericho. I guess we're just going to talk, right? We're just going to talk, man. We actually, we even just started already. Oh, wow. So okay. I, I get the feeling this might be your first ever podcast. My first podcast that actually means something. All right. So you're with QT Marshall. Oh, man. Marshall. Yeah. Where did the Marshall come from? Um, on the indies, I needed a, uh, a last name that people could identify with. Uh-huh. And my mom at the time had purchased a jacket for me and <laughs> mailed it to me from New Jersey. I was living in Florida. I said, I don't need a jacket. And then I said, all right, well, where is it from? She said, Marshalls. I said, oh, God. Well, I, I can only imagine. Because she always has to buy everything if it's on sale or if it's cheap. Is Marshalls like a, It's like all the... Like uh, Coles or, or Michaels or something. Or, like worse. God. You know what I mean? Worse. TJ like, Maxx? T- like TJ Maxx, <laughs> right. It's in the same family. And um, she said, but it's Marshalls. And then I said, oh, that's cool. If I have the ring announcer call me Marshall and I correct him... It's just easy, cheap heat. Of course, so of course. It stuck. Now I don't care. <laughs> QT now, Marshall. Yeah, Marshall. I would rather just be Mike, but it's QT Marshall. But it's, 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 it's interesting because you, you, you mentioned months ago about doing this, uh, doing my show, and I was always into it and thinking about it, but I, wanted, I always wait until there's something that happens that really pops. Sure, sure. And last week, uh, you had the bunkhouse match Whew, yeah. with, uh, with Dustin and, yeah. uh, and, and Butcher and Blade. And it was probably, the, in my opinion, the best match that I've seen you in. I mean, it was the most violent, yeah, but the most yeah. memorable. Definitely a defining moment. Yeah, for defining. Now, tell me, why was it a defining moment for you? So just being partners with Dustin, there's a lot of you know nepotism and stuff that goes along with that, and being friends of Cody. And, and I always feel like I just, I need to prove myself. Even though, like, I've been training in wrestling for 16 years. Mm-hmm. I don't really need to prove myself, but to like certain fans, I feel like I always do, right? And I always have to justify why I'm here, even though like I do a lot of stuff. But anyway, a lot of stuff. We'll talk about that. Yeah. yeah. But um, so like during this match, I, I, I thought about it. I said, okay, you know, we always talk about like live forever. What could I do that if I never wrestle again, like that would live forever? And the night before, I was just at the building looking over stuff, uh, you know, as I do for the, on the production side of things. And I saw a humongous ladder. And I was like, man, what if I jump off this ladder? <laughs> like, not realizing that a ladder is probably not going to be in a bunkhouse. Whatever. I was just like, what could I do off this ladder? And then I climbed up. When no one was here, I just climbed up. And, and I looked down. I was like, so I literally yelled to one of the production guys. I was like, hide this ladder because this one is way too big. And um, but that's one of those things I'll say that when you're in there, when you're on the ground looking up, no yeah, problem. No when problem. you're up top looking down, you're like, holy Ooh. shit. And, and that's the thing is like, I would have had to jump off maybe the fourth rung down and then you just look like a wuss. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. It's like, well, right he doesn't want to go to the top. <laughs> and uh, so we, we got a, a little bit smaller. It was still like 10 or 11 feet. 
And, uh, man, I'm still feeling it. Like, Tony saw me yesterday as we were leaving um, after we were, you know, talking business. And I was like, oh, I'll catch up. I'm just going to run to the restroom real quick. And I went to run. And I can't. So like, <laughs> when I came back, he was like, yeah, you're not wrestling this week, right? And I was like, uh, you know, I don't know. What do you guys have planned? And he was like, yeah, yeah no, you're not. Like, I'm telling you, <laughs> you're not. And I was like, okay, you know, which is which is fine, you know. I mean, I, you know, I want to wrestle all the time, but I'm okay taking this week off, mm-hmm. so especially with it being cold out tonight. Yeah, so. but there's so much great stuff in that match, and like I said, I mean, it's. I mean, the thing with Dustin that I love, and I've only worked with him maybe one time here, is he still has the same mentality that you just said. He still needs to not prove, but every night he needs to show that he belongs. He needs to show that he's in the mix. He's very driven. I've I've realized that as I team with him now that for some reason, like. He doesn't believe that he's like. That's right. He's dusting yes, roads. Exactly. Even like when we talk about stuff and he's like, well, you think we should. I'm like, we should do whatever you want because yes. you're dusting friggin' yes. roads, dude. You can do whatever you want. Like, there's a, a hierarchy here in this company, I believe. Mm-hmm. And there's like five people and like he's one of them, you know? And well, he, for some be, reason, he doesn't, you know. I think because he had, you know, he still has the mentality of, of being in WWE for so long where they didn't really. Um, respect him for his abilities it's one of those things like it's one of the reasons why i came here like if i was still there we'd be slotted where we're slotted and we come here and it's instant kind of top guy right. main event potential because of the experience of level course, of course and also too i mean dustin's probably still in the best shape that he's ever been in <sighs> it bothers me yeah like i want to get a full body suit because it's, it just bothers me <laughs> yeah. that like my, you know, even my family is just like, so your partner, you know, he's a little older than you, but like, he looks great. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, mom, I get it. Like, I'm, I'm working on it. Right, you know? right. Uh, I always say like, well, my character wouldn't be ripped. <laughs> and my mom's like, you're just lazy. That's you know? always like, the way to hide behind my it. Character right? yeah, ripped, yeah, yeah. You know? My character doesn't need to be ripped. My character, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a full head of hair or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's talk about some of this stuff because, I mean, like I said, you, you had a great match. You've had great, uh, good matches, very good matches, but this one was kind of the best one. But um, talk about kind of, I mean, there's so so much to, to, to discuss, but talk about your journey to AEW because you do do a lot of stuff here that people yeah. don't know about. I didn't even know about that you <laughs> yeah. do. So, okay, in a short bit, Cody brought me on as an assistant. Had he seen you working somewhere? So I used to like, I call it interning at Ring of Honor. I had opened a school and I wanted to learn because I thought I could never wrestle again because the WWE told me that they weren't, weren't going to hire me because of my neck injury. Mm. So I was like, shit, well, I don't know what else to do. Like, I'm good at running restaurants. Like, I can do something. I'm just not going to enjoy it for the rest of my life. So long story short, I decided to open up this school with my, with my wife in Georgia. And um, I started going to Ring of Honor shows because Kevin Kelly, I knew him really well. And he was a big fan of mine back when. And he was like, just do commentary for women of honor that'll be the reason you're here but while you're here sit in the production meetings like pay attention and learn as much as you can Mm -hmm. and i was like great because even if i just run my own little tiny company with the school and blah 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 and uh i went to all in because a student of mine sang the national anthem so yeah shalandra her name so she did so she did the national anthem and so i drove her to all in because all in was kind of like hey, Chicago, yeah, and yeah. it was like if you can get there, one of those type of right. deals, right? Like because it was all fun, you know. So I was like, yeah, let's. I'll bring you there, and and my wife and I went as fans, and then they needed someone to produce the show, and luckily I was there, 
And I guess, unbeknownst to myself, like Cody had told his agent, like, that guy's coming with me wherever I go. Mm. I had thought, because I was training Brandy at the time too, oh. I had thought that like he was just going to go back to WWE. And like I'd never really? see him again. Yeah, because yeah, I'm like, there's no He's way Ring of Honor. This, yeah. Right. There's no way Ring of Honor is going to pay like this crazy amount of money that they deserve. And I'll never see him again. And maybe we'll be friends, but like I know I can't get a job there. And I'm not going to. I don't have the respect from the wrestling community to be an agent somewhere, you know? So it was just like, but I was just doing it under, under like, just at least like, I've always just wanted to be respected. That's it. You know, just by my peers. Like I, that's something for me. It's, it's not about the money. It's really just like to know, like, man, like Chris Jericho thought that was great. You know what I mean? Something like that. Like I don't just get looked at as some, some stooge, even though like I'm, I'm a stooge, you know? And uh, so when that happened, I produced uh, produced the show for like the first half till he was done, and then um, when AEW started, he was like, "Hey, do you want to come to Jacksonville and film BTE for the rally?" And I was like, "Sure." It was my first day of a beginner class, so a beginner class at the time was fifteen hundred dollars, and there were six people signed up. So I was like, "Man, I'm going to make money finally!" You know, <laughs> first day I had to leave. You know, and the students loved it. They're like, "Oh my god, you're going to AEW!" Makes, it makes them feel even more like that they picked the right place. They loved it. I hated it. But then when I got here, they were like, yeah, we'll offer you this job as an assistant. But I also knew that, like, it's a new company and they don't have everything in place. And as much as everyone thinks that they're going to do stuff, like, they might not be able to get to it or whatever it was. And it, it was in Vegas when I realized, like, not everyone had the music licenses done and all this stuff. And I was up to, like, 5 a.m. the night before. And then we had a meeting the next day and I was just supposed to sit there and be quiet. And Cody calls it the Jerry Maguire moment because I – I didn't flip out, but like, I guess I did, mm -hmm. but it was more along the lines of like, Hey guys, just to let you know too, like I can do other stuff. Like I don't have to just get coffee. I don't have to just right. bring people from the, the lobby to their room. Like I can do a lot of stuff. I can coach matches. I can help with promos. Like I just wanted to let it be known that it was there. And Cody finally was just like, dude, you can't like, are you going to jump out of this window? Like, you know, like just tell me what you want. And I was like, I just want to. I don't want a job in wrestling without being involved in wrestling. Mm. You know, I could be a secretary anywhere. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. if you're going to do that to me in wrestling and be like, oh, but you can't be a part of wrestling, that's going to, like, really hurt me more than anything. So they were like, yeah, we'll give you this this, uh, this gig. And then I mentioned wrestling once, and it was that was not well received. And I was like, okay. So I kind of let that be, you know, I didn't do it. And then one day we were on a call, and Tony was like, hey, I think we'll put QT in this dark match. And I was like, Oh, so then Cody like texted me on the side during the call, like, well, there you go. You got it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's crazy that all the nepotism, it was never Cody that pushed for me to wrestle. Mm -hmm. He always wanted me to be his assistant because I was really good at that. But I told him like, I'll be good at anything because I have the drive to do it. You know what I mean? I'm, but I'm going to mess up a lot, like all the time because I'm not but trained. See, but see, but see, just to jump in quickly, um, like I said, I and this is not a cutdown. It's the same with Eddie Kingston. I'd never heard of you before. Of I didn't know the name. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. Just didn't know. And also, then when I started seeing you and kind of okay, he's Cody's guy. But then finding out all the different things that you do, <laughs> you're like a really good like assistant coach to coach in that you do a lot of stuff that no one really realizes. And like a, like a, like a hockey player who played third line for ten years, maybe won a Stanley Cup, always worked hard. Scored 10 goals a year, but everybody wanted him on their team. Right. But then once right. he graduates out and becomes a great coach. So, you know, we talk about that, uh, uh, like 
for instance, you know, Michael Jordan doesn't need to open a basketball school. Yeah. He's not going <laughs> yeah, to. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, that's why I think because I don't have that that big name that I really try to go above and beyond to do everything. And sometimes it backfires and I get so stressed and, you know, like, I try not to show it. But um, I also d didn't want anyone to know either because the same reason, like, like Dean Malenko, like, he's never known, he's never heard of me mm. and he shouldn't have. So, like how am I going to go to Dean and say like, Hey Dean, this is what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, so I always told Cody, even Tony, like, Hey, I don't want people to, I'd rather be the silent guy that just does a lot of the stuff because at the end of the day, like I don't need people like when there was a battle Royal, we did a tag battle Royal that Tony and I kind of like helped out with and Meltzer wrote about like, Oh, it was put together by Tony Khan and QT. And I'm like, Oh, don't say yeah. me, you know, like <laughs> as great as it is, like, it's not like the fans might, get mad more than anything like what the why is this guy but, doing but I'll, I'll say this though and you know this like dean is always my coach the agent producer so finally recently i was like he's being wasted with me because i put together my stuff i don't always ask dean his opinion sure but put him with some guys that he can really be dean yeah. malenko with and yeah and i said just put qt with me because yeah. the few times when i had a, a question for you or do you have any suggestions you came up with a couple things yeah and that's like jamie noble was like that it didn't have to be a lot but it, Dean did it last week with me and Max's match at the pay-per-view. Sometimes one idea is all you need to fit everything together, you know? And right. I was like, yeah, just put put QT with me and, and let, you know, let me bounce off, you know, 99% if he has 1% and let Dean go do 50-50 with the guys, yeah. you know? And, and that's the thing, too, is like, I think it helps that being on the indies for so long. Right. I've seen so many things where yeah. I'm like, a lot of it is bad, but then some of it are really good ideas that like no one... Like, you just don't think about them. Right. And then it's, you know, yeah, every now and then I have a good idea where someone's like, man, kid's pretty, yeah. you know? It's like, in Ring of Honor, I brought it up to Bubba because I was trained by him at one point, And I said something about agenting, and he kind of broke it down to me. And, like, how are you going to tell some of these bigger names? Like, the perception isn't there for you to be able to – and it made perfect sense. And I was like, well, we could just change the perception, I guess. Like, yeah. tell them, like, this guy's really good at the job. Mm -hmm. But it just never got to that point, like – and then AEW started, thank God, because I was I didn't know like what I was gonna do and and then um a buddy of mine went to WWE and we spoke about it. But like even then I was like, Well, I don't ever wanna I don't wanna be number nine thousand eight hundred and twenty six, you know, this guy. Like I'd rather be yeah. number ten. You know what I mean? I remember when when I first started going to Hollywood, Rock hooked me up with one of his agents. I think it was at maybe CAA or whatever, and he's like, uh so I was talking to the guy, he's a pretty nice guy. And he goes, um, he goes, but he goes, this isn't the agency for you yet. You need, you need, cause he goes, he goes, he opened up this book of like 2000 clients. He's like, you, you want you don't want to be Tom Sexsmith. I've never heard who Tom Sexsmith is and we rep him. Yeah. You want to be Chris Jericho, you know, that people know. And that, like you said, so to, to be just a guy has never been the goal. You want right. to be somebody that has some steam and some spotlight. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, like I said, it's always about for me, the, the, recognition mm -hmm. and the respect of my peers, of peers yeah the 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 positive is that the money comes with it yeah you know what i mean like yeah. that's the positive but it's never been about that i mean i don't ever want to go back i was telling tony one day like i was talking about what i was making before aew and i was okay i was happy i was enjoying my life i never want to go back to that yeah. <laughs> like, yeah never again but you know at least i know as long as there's wrestling involved i'll be okay So what was your first match in AEW? Uh, it was, coincidentally, Peter Avalon and myself versus Dustin and Sonny Kiss. 
On dark? On dark. It was in Pittsburgh. Uh, we, I flew my mother up from nice. uh, from Florida. She sat front row. She was going crazy with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's towel. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it was like she texted week. me. It was like week three or something. You had texted me. You were on the plane watching it, and you were like, uh, "It was like you watched a rerun or whatever." Yeah. And you're like, "Dude, I'm watching your mom right now going crazy. <laughs> she was loving it. She's never, you know, she always likes watching me, but she uh, never, you know, she never got to sit front row yeah, like that, yeah. you know. So." It was cool, but I I just thought it would be like a one-off here and there, and then there were times where every post-show I'd go out with the headset on, and Moxley would give me the the DDT. Tony loved that thing of like <laughs> sending the people home happy, and I was like, man, I'm never gonna get out of this. Yeah. Like this is what my you know, yeah. hey, at least I get in the ring, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I they made me team with Cody, and like I, that's when I did the QT special. Um, what match was that again? You and Cody uh, that versus... was in Dallas, where I was MJF picked me to be Cody's partner because right, I was the loser, the loser yeah. wrestler. Yeah. And ten out of ten times, I hit the QT special without <laughs> without touching the ropes. But I told Cody, I was like, I don't want to do it like that. I want to do it messed up. I think if I do it like Jack Evans, people are just gonna be like, well, it's just like another flip. But if I do it like I had no your, idea I could do it, your character would never. My do character it wouldn't do it perfectly, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Literally, like I have video, and I've always told Cody, like I want to tweet it. When people say, like, I can't re – I, like – no, I can. I just – like, this is what we do, though. This is the fun of what we do, yeah. you know? It's – so. The cutie – not the QT special. I call it the cutie special. C-U-T-I-E. Yeah, yeah, the cutie special, <laughs> which is where QT came from. Uh -huh. So back in the day, it was a gimmick where I didn't want people to hit me in the face. I was Mr. Irresistible. They told me I couldn't be a Mr. something because it was – 2009 at the time and you know wrestling had evolved yeah yeah, right so sure i was like all right i'll pick something and i saw qt somewhere i was like that's kind of cool like at the time i was a little cutie i guess i was 24 <laughs> you know now i'm like not QT grizzled, at all. Yeah. yeah i'm grizzled balding <laughs> scars everywhere but let's talk um when, when like i said when, when i first started getting to know you because the first time we ever worked together because you had the, the apple we i want to talk about the apple <laughs> yeah, and yeah, i came yeah. to the to the pages yeah, center yeah center yeah, was he, did he call the performance center? Yeah, the, yeah, 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 the DDP. And we filmed some stuff, and I was like, "Who is this guy with the? Who is this guy?" <laughs> and I was supposed to hit you with a cane, yeah. like hit you with something or other. Yeah, I. Yeah. yeah, when you when you say that, so before that, Cody had like kind of told me like, "Hey, yeah, you're getting a lot of heat with this apple," and I was like, "Why? What did I do?" So the apple thing was like, he was calling Jungle Boy to hire him. They wanted to video it, and I was just standing there holding his phone like a jerk. You know what I mean? Like, who's oh, this, he's talking. Who's this pretentious oh, guy that can't hold his own phone? That's right. And who's this idiot standing next <laughs> to him holding, holding it? it you know. <laughs> so then um, the director Steve, he was like, "You should just." So I was eating an apple, and then he was like, "You should just do it every video. Like, it'll be funny. After yeah. a while, it'll catch on." And I was like, "Whatever." And I was trying to lose weight anyway, so instead of eating candy like I was doing, and then it just started. People started like, "Oh, AEW Carlito, AEW Carlito," right. and I was just like. So then we just kept doing it. But then Cody was like, I think Chris might have a problem with the apple. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't even know Chris yet, you know? And I was like, why? He goes, you never know. He's like, I don't know. He goes, maybe he's just having fun. Like, And then he's like, yeah, he's going to come here and beat you up. And I was like, oh, like he's going to hurt me, you know? I was like, oh, no. And then when you hit me, I was like, he barely touched me. Yeah. Like, this whole time I'm worried, you know? Like, here I did. I pissed off the only guy I didn't want to piss off, you know? No, I, I think it's just because, I, like I said, I didn't know who you were. And I didn't know what the what the point of the apple was. It's just one of those things that stuck in my car. Like, what the hell's up with this stupid apple? Right. Who's this idiot going into I, business for himself? That's really yeah, what it yeah. And that's what it was, though. Yeah. Like, legitimately, that's what Steve... So, Cody didn't like it either. But that's what Steve said. He goes, if you just keep having an apple, like, 
it'll get, get over. It'll yeah. get over. And yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I had nothing to lose at that yeah, point. Yeah. You know? so hey, was, you became known as the I Apple guy. Known as the Apple guy. Now I don't even bring the Apple. And yeah. someone, asked, one of my students asked me about it. I was like, I've passed the Apple. Yeah. Like, I don't need it anymore. You've evolved. I've evolved. You exactly. Know? They're like, okay, whatever. It's on your all your gear. I'm like, <laughs> so then once I started to get to know you, because the one time you guys came over to my house for a booking meeting that mm-hmm. Cody had, and so then he pointed out your documentary, <laughs> which uh, he claims you made it just to get signed. That's the joke between us. But yeah. it was actually really well done, and it actually told a, a hell of a story about, about your career, which I did not know. How did the documentary come about, and what was kind of the whole purpose of it? So this kid, uh, Frank, his brother. What's it called again? It's called <laughs> real, real original. Yeah, the wrestler. Oh. A QT Marshall story. Oh. I said it should be called wrestling with Reese's, right? Because that's like my life, you know, wrestling with Reese. I just can't get into shape. That was always like I think the reason wrestling why with I never Reese's, succeeded. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so we did um, this kid Frank, his older brother. I knew him from Orlando. We all went to the gym together, and he goes, "Hey, my brother just graduated from Full Sail." He wants to do a documentary on wrestling. Can you train him? I was like, yeah, sure. He came to the school at the time in New Jersey, Monster Factory, and uh, right away, like, watched a couple of drills and was like, I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what if I just follow you? So I said, yeah, well, as long as you don't bother, like, my life. You know, you can film everything. I just can't. You just don't bother me. Like, yeah. I'm busy. I don't want to. And I don't like this stuff either. I'm not comfortable being on camera, especially when it's weird talking about my failures, you know? Mm-hmm. And um because I'm not anyone famous. So like following me to the supermarket is just weird. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. people looking at me right. like I'm a somebody and I'm not. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's just like awkward. It's like who's this idiot that paid some random guy yeah, exactly. so, trying to be a hot shot. So, so long story short, he just uh he said no problem, I'll film you. And then while that was happening, the WWE had offered me a, a performance center tryout. In the midst of him filming, they took it away for age, all the all the reasons. Um, so, so just to, just to slow down, so performance center tryout is that you go to the performance center for three, four days. Yeah, that's when they put you through all of these drills, and ridiculous drills. It really is, and then and then if you do good, they maybe will bring you into NXT. Yeah, or if you do good, they might let you have a wrestling match. The oh, reason that you're there, there, you know what I mean. So, so they offered you the tryout. They offered me the tryout at a SmackDown. I was an extra at a SmackDown. I did the five minute match at two o'clock. Um, in front of nobody. In front of nobody, which luckily I've been doing that in training for the past <laughs> 12 years So at the time. So was it, was it like easy. a Scott Armstrong watching Scott, or something? Scott Armstrong and, and William Regal. Regal, right. And Regal pulled me aside and said, hey, well, uh, you know, long story short, we'll offer you in September. You'll come down and yada, yada, yada. Well, at the time, then Danny Cage, who owns the Monster Fire, he brought in Gerald Briscoe to do a different tryout that he does every year where Gerald, and he ends up getting guys signed all the time. I think what happened was Gerald had sent like four names in. And he's only supposed to send one, like, collegiate wrestler. And he ended up sending, like, a bunch. And they just took mine out. So I was, like, real livid at the time. Like, what the? I so you, you got the tryout at the building. Yeah. And then because you had another tryout where Gerald was, he kind of doubled yeah, down? Yeah, I think they just were like, eh. Enough of know, this guy. Enough of this guy, right. We didn't do it when he was living in Florida, so why do it now? But they were going to bring you in f- yeah. anyways. And they might, you know, I still have the emails too. Like when I asked Regal, like, hey, what's going on? Like I had the tryout, now it's taken away. Is it because, and I guess I like led him to the answer. Like, is it because of my age? Is it oh. because of, and he just was like, yes, unfortunately. Like we'll still use you as an extra, blah, blah, blah. And how old were you at the time? 30, you know? Yeah. yeah, it's not like, but, you know, at the time, because even at the, at the SmackDown, he said, like, if we hired you, how many people would order the network for you? Because that was like when they were pushing the network. And I was like, you know, my mom, my dad, you know, they might even share the password. Like, <laughs> I didn't have an answer. Yeah. And he was like, and I specifically told him, I was like, so if you're telling me that I can't work here because of that, but I'm good enough to work here, like, I can live with that deep mm-hmm. down. I, hey, as long as you can tell me, like, my work is great, 
like I'm happy with that. And uh, but then I guess he felt bad, so maybe that's why we did the whole. Well, we're gonna give you the trial. I don't know what the reason was. Um, it was, you know, it's funny you brought up the Rock. Like he always talks about the NFL being the best thing that never happened to him. Right. Same with me. Like right. it was the best thing that never happened because yeah. it made me like go all in on wrestling because I always had a really good job. I always made really good money because I never wanted to be the guy. Hustler, that, yeah. Yeah, I never wanted to be the guy that like lived in my car for mm -hmm. my dream. Whereas maybe if I did, like that's why I always tell my mom, like maybe if I did do that when I was younger, it would have worked instead of making crazy money and having nice cars and all this stuff. But you know, to each their own. It's right. uh, I'm 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 happy. So so, but then you mentioned that they wouldn't hire you because of your neck. Yeah. So when it was after that, it was like 2016, a year after, because after they told me the tryout was gone, I went and got my neck fixed. So I had my surgery on my neck. I had two of uh, my discs taken out and fused up and stuff. And um, then I went back to do more extra work because I was like, there's nothing. Else. What am I going to do? And then I spoke to Regal again. And he was like, listen, like, you're just a, kind of a liability. And what happened was I got booked as an extra at NXT. And they wanted me to work with the authors of Pain. And I said no. Mm. Because I didn't have anything to lose except my life and my, uh, my career. Because they're super big and super green. Super big. And, I, and it was a two-on-one it was like me and another extra versus this one guy. And I remember like Scotty Tuhati came up. He was the agent. He's like, hey, it's going to be you two guys. And I'm looking around and I asked the guy. He's a nice guy too. But like I could see he had already hurt somebody. Actually, he hurt the guy that we just signed, Anthony Bowens. Oh, he really? hurt him. Yeah, because he powerbombed one guy onto Anthony Bowens' head. Oh, my God. So like. Was that Razar or Akim or? The shorter one. One of the two, yeah. So I said to him, I was like, hey, what moves do you think you're going to do to us? And he was like, well, what does it matter? I was like, well, I'm just curious. You know, I was trying to I'd politic, like to know. Yeah. But I'd like to yeah. know what you plan. And he was like, oh, I'll probably do this. And then a power bomb, And I'll power bomb the other guy on you. And then I'll oh, DVD man. you guys. So <laughs> the short of it was like, I literally just looked at him. I was like, oh, okay. And I looked at this guy. And I was like, nope, not doing it. Mm -hmm. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, so I had this neck surgery. And it turned into like, hey, don't take the booking then. Which I was like, you don't even have to pay me. I'll drive back to Atlanta now. I'm okay with it. Don't ever book me again. Like, yeah. it is what it is. We tried, and I'll get in the ring with anyone else. Like, put me with Bobby Roode. Put me with these guys that aren't going to hurt me. But the, the kid who took my place got hurt. Really? He put him in a side headlock, and he just picked him up and threw him into the aisle way. Oh, like, my gosh. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. he didn't mean to do it, but he's just so strong. And I told – I remember telling Albert um, – Matt Bloom. Matt Bloom. Because he said, you know, we specifically chose you for this spot because you can sell. And I was like, well, I really appreciate it. But here's what's going to happen. I'm going to take these moves and I'm either going to get up and be okay and I'm going to make $200 or I'm never going to walk again and I'm going to make $200. So like <laughs> yeah. to me, it's just not worth it, you right. know? And it was a real come to Jesus moment with myself. Like I'm burying myself right now and I'll never get another. You stood up for what you believe in because the third, the third option is you get up, you make $200 and nothing else ever happens. Right. Or if it does, you'll be the job guy of the week the next week. Yep. Right? What's the and point? And that's kind of where I, yeah. I knew I was always going to be, which... You know, it's just that was never my dream. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, even though, like, that was what I had always wanted. Like, put me with the football player. Like, I'm good at making other people look good. So I don't mind doing that. But I also want to get a little bit of the, yeah, of you know, the yeah, showbiz yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, But let me ask you this, because there's something in the documentary um, that you mentioned but never really gets explained. And it's about, I could be, it was about a year when I saw it. I may be paraphrasing. But something about Ring of Honor. And you were, uh, you were working with Vlad, but someone says, yeah, you blew your chance in Ring of Honor, too. Yeah, so when I first started with Ring of Honor, they offered me a contract. I did a tryout. It was like a paid tryout. But then it was a two-day tryout. By the end of day one, it was Jim Cornette at the time, Delirious, and Kevin Kelly. And they were like, hey, as long as you show up tomorrow, you got a job. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's great. Like, cool, you know. 
And then what year was this? 2011. Gotcha. So then I get up there and I had never been in like a big company before. So I didn't know the politics of this, that, and the other. And like right away, I didn't make any friends, you know? And I was like, you know, I, I always goof around and, and I ended up making a joke to someone about like, this kid hurt me like bad. And I physically. hurt physically yeah. in a match and I made him look really good. He was Jimmy Jacobs, his guy. So like I knew he had all these friends. So I made him look really good because he did Brazilian capoeira like wrestling. Kicked me in the head though, maybe five Please. times. And I gave him an Alabama slam and I kind of hurt him, but I checked on him. I called him the next day. Well, the next taping, someone came up to me and was like, hey, you shouldn't do that Alabama slam. He looks like you're hurting people. And I was like, hey, where the where was everyone asking me like when he kicked me in the head seven times? Right. Mind you, I had already followed up with the guy, and him and I are real close because it was our first tryout match together, this, that, and the other, but that spread real quick. Plus, I was already cutting promos on the world champion at the time, like behind the scenes that we never aired them, but they just wanted to see because they really liked me because I was young, I was bigger, whatever Obviously, the reasons Cornette says. little attitude in a good way. Yeah, right, but, yeah. and um, so, so that was how it started. Then, like, third match in, I got hurt on my neck. Then I broke my nose. Hey, man, and I had a match where I was supposed to squash him in four minutes. He broke my nose in 30 seconds. So I'm just bleeding <laughs> You're everywhere. supposed to squash Hangman. Yeah, wow. it was 19, and yeah. I was like, hey, man, I'll let you get some stuff in, whatever you want to do. Of course, first thing, he breaks my nose. Yeah. And um, I started to get fat because I was injured, and I had a lot of life stuff going on. And then I finally just asked for my release. I hated it that much where I was just like, I don't want to be here. I'm making $150 a match. Like When they gave me the contract, I – I didn't laugh, but I said, like, is this real? Mm -hmm. And they were like, what do you mean? Uh, they're like, this is, this is what the contract is. Like, $150 a match. We work three times a month. That's $450. It doesn't pay for my car. Right. And they're like, what kind of car do you drive? Like, it doesn't matter what kind of car I drive. <laughs> it's a Cadillac, by the way. But it doesn't matter. Like, this isn't a real job. Like, I need to, yeah, you know, yeah. have my normal life. And the realities of wrestling hit you The realities you of wrestling. So when that happened, I asked for my release. They wouldn't give it to me because really? I guess Shelton Benjamin had just asked for his release, too. Yes. And... What happened was um, I was in Florida and NXT called. They needed someone. They were just starting to use extras. And I was like, hey, I'm under contract until like when the episode airs, I won't be under contract anymore. But I am right now. And the, the girl at the office was like, hey, if you don't care, we don't care. And honestly, at the time, I was like, I don't care. She's like, and I'll book you for the next six that you've asked for. Because I had, hey, my contract's about to be up. I see you're in all these dates for extra work. You know, she's like, if you do this for us. So, of course, right away, um, I do the match, and it's a taped NXT show. Before I'm even out of the ring, my phone's blown up. Jeff Jones, who was working at Ring of Honor, <laughs> Stooge Jeff Jones and I, you know, we're Stooges now together. But right away, he's like, are you doing something you're not supposed to be doing? And I was like, what are they going to do, take my $150? Like, fire me. I asked for my release. And uh, so that's kind of where... Then when the WWE thing didn't work out, it was like, oh, that was dumb. You ended you know? up holding the bag, yeah. Yeah, it was a little stupid, but I was young and, and delirious at the time. He understood. He was like, hey, man, legally I have to be mad at you because you breached your contract, mm -hmm. but your contract is up in two weeks. Like, it is what it is. Well, uh, don't worry about it. We're just not going to re-sign you as a punishment. And I just continued to work for them on and off after that. Mm -hmm. So. so when The Wrestler was completed, the documentary – what did you do with it? So I didn't, honestly, I didn't do anything. I let the kid do everything because it was his dream to be this famous director. Not my dream. I was just, I didn't ask him for anything. 
I get no money out of it. That's why I don't really plug it either unless he asks me but to. it's a well done piece of film. It is though. for somebody like he had all these ideas. He had a vision. I remember when they took the tryout away. He was like, dude, this is the best yeah, thing ever. Yeah. And I was like, bro, for him, I'm literally <laughs> like crying over here, you know? And he was like, this is the best because now there's a He's like, your life looked so perfect before that, you know? And I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I work hard outside of wrestling, yeah. you know? Was it like a Home Depot or something you were doing? So or a Snap-on Tools. Snap-on yeah. Tools. Yeah. My stepfather owned three routes, like mm. tool routes, and I was running the whole business with him. So yeah. that was always the fallback, and I just I never liked it. Um, mm. But I'm a good salesman. I don't know anything about tools, but I'm personable. Yeah. And, of course, they love the idea of, like, Mike the Wrestler coming to sell tools, you know? <laughs> When's your next indie show? Like, we got to go, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. There was even a point where I was beating up a baby face once and they were all my customers were there. <laughs> and I looked over and I said, uh, Cornwell Tools is better. And I stomped the guy like just because like they popped, you know, yeah, it was just ooh, fun for them. Right. 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 So. Um, but yeah. So. Yeah. Was, uh, but he ended up like submitting it to every film festival. And then sure enough, he's like, hey, we got accepted to San Diego Comic Con. You want to come out here? And I was like, dude, I don't have money to fly out there. He's like, we'll, we'll gather it up somehow. And they flew me out there. I stayed at an Airbnb. I, I convinced a buddy of mine to pay for the Airbnb if I gave him my guest pass a instead pass, of bringing yeah. my wife because he's a big <laughs> Game of Thrones guy, all this yeah. stuff. And we went and, and I, they, they made me watch the thing again in front of like 26 people. And then somehow we won. And I was just like, what the hell is going on here? And then I asked the judges. I was like, why did we win? Like, what was the main yeah. reason? And the girl who's like a stunt girl, Tamiko or something. I, anyway, she told me, she said, it's not a wrestling story. It's a story about like someone following their dreams. Like it hits home to everybody. Anyone that's ever wanted to do anything in their lives, it really hits home. And there's like that one scene with my mom and my wife where they're like berating me about quitting. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, and at the time I was like, why would I quit? Like, it doesn't make any sense. I could still wrestle on the weekends, still have my normal job. Why would I just give up because someone tells me no? It doesn't make sense. Like, my wife told me no the first time I asked her out, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> my mom told me no when I said I wanted to be. So, you know, so th th it was that scene, though, that really hooked everybody in. And Cody laughs because my wife's one of the nicest people ever. Mm -hmm. But at the time, she wasn't because she was so frustrated. And once my mom started, like, berating me, it was like, oh, I can jump in. Oh, and yeah. Then she, like, now you're yeah. promoted. And then she even said, like, and then what, one day we're just going to wake up and move to Atlanta? And then that's what we ended up doing a year <laughs> later, you know? The best move we ever made. Right, right, right. Um, so so when, you, when we talked about kind of in AEW and, and all the stuff that you do, something that's interesting to me, and you can talk as much or as little about it you want, is, is putting together the actual shows. Yeah. Because somebody asked me the other day who, who does that, and I was like, what's QT as far as putting, I, I don't know, putting the things in order? Like, wow. Yeah, so so originally, like I saw Cody kind of helping with the format of a pay-per-view, mm. and I was like, oh, that'd be cool. Like, I would like to do that, you know? I'm not and the format is kind of the order of the matches the order and all of the, the segments matches. and commercials and whatever it may Right, be. and then when TV started, I asked if I could do it, and I mean- now it's to the point where, like, so they send me, you know, Tony and, and the guys, they send me the list of the matches and the order of the matches. And then I kind of just create, right? Like, and a lot of times I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's a lot of times where someone will be like, hey, that shouldn't go there and that. But I think it's also the, the stress of not having someone else do it that I can do it. And then they can always just fix my mistakes. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of going off of, but if some, I were watching this show. But somebody has to do that. Somebody has to put together the skeleton sure. of what they're doing. They change it any we want. But here's here's the initial scratch track that you can work off of, yeah. at least, if nothing yeah. else. Yeah. And some of it's hard because I don't know all the creative stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of just guessing at times, too. 
and I don't want to know a lot right, of stuff right. either. You know, the finishes and finishes, the angles, the angles, like so. A lot of times it just says post match. Yeah, you know, and it's like, well, what's the po-? and then I have all these guys coming up to me. Hey, what's the post match? What are we doing? I'm like, I have no idea. But that's the way it should be. Like even WWE in the formats would always say that because you don't need to leave it around and somebody picks it up or whatever right. and reads these big surprises. Right, exactly. But uh, but yeah, it's it's something that I enjoy doing, and I like learning about it because again, how long am I really? I, if it were up to me, I'd wrestle till I'm 70. Mm-hmm. But, you know, is the shelf life there? Is my star power? I don't even have star power. So, like, how can I imagine? Re- so, unless I'm just going to continue to do jobs, you know what I mean? I always wanted to do it. And, like I said, it's fun for me to think, like, okay, before we go to commercial, like, if I were watching this show and I knew, if I didn't know Chris Jericho was coming up next, I might change the channel. Mm. But if I, oh, we'll be right back with Chris Jericho, like, and you have a graphic that says up next. I would stay tuned, like, or I'd make sure that I come back before the three minutes are up, like the average commercial. So that's fun for me. And um, yeah, like I said, I, I never really go out of the way to tell people that stuff, too, because uh, I mean, we just did. But uh, I also don't want like I like not being somebody that anyone would ever feel threatened by, if that makes sense. You know, it's like, oh, he's just that guy that just mm-hmm. kind of helps out. And it's like. Well, really, that guy does a lot of crap. You know what right, I mean? Right, but right, right. I'd rather not be known as that because no, no one bothers me. It's not being known as that, but it's also, like I said, like I had no idea. You know, like when we're doing – so, so you're saying that you get the matches in the order that yeah. they want them yep. and then flesh it out. Yeah, we, but a lot of times, because when we do conference calls and stuff, a lot of times you don't have the format until minutes before. Like last <laughs> time, I think yeah. five minutes before <laughs> you got it. Sent so, out. yeah, like there's always changes because Tony's so busy. There's always right. changes. He's always got stuff going and on. And then it, I still don't have a group in my phone that says like production meeting group where it's all 55 names or whatever it yeah. is. So I have to individually put them in. Oh, so wow. sometimes I'll set it up and get ready to do it. And then all of a sudden he'll be like, oh, let's change this. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I can't. <laughs> like I have three minutes. And then I'm sweating. My heart's racing. And like, I was waiting on you. Yeah. And everyone's like, QT, where's it? And then I'm getting text messages. And they're coming up while I'm trying to change the thing. And I'm just like, like me. <laughs> yeah. And then like when even yesterday with the phone number. So I had copied the phone number to send it to, to Dustin. Mm-hmm. But I didn't copy it. I cut it. So oh. when I emailed it. Tony texts me, he's like, hey, dude, you forgot the phone number, LOL. And I'm just like, oh, my. There's always something, you <laughs> know? But I always think maybe it's me. Like, maybe I did something wrong. No, or maybe no. I screwed up or whatever, you no, know? No, no, it's always me. It's always <laughs> me. I, th- I told Cody from the beginning, like, I'm not going to be good at the job, but I'm going to work harder than everybody. Yeah. So just know that you're always going to get mistakes. You're always going to get complaints. Like, I forgot to title someone's email because I treated it as a text message once. Well, he was the the singer's agent of the national anthem at Double or Nothing, like the guy that sang in Hamilton. And, like, apparently his agent got real fired up about it. And I was just like, I'm sorry. What do you want me to say? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He literally wrote something. I just wrote back, okay, dude, no worries. Like, we'll get it figured out. And But I didn't put, like, Mr. blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, man, yeah, all yeah, right, yeah. well, I messed up. What do yeah. you want me to say, you know? Yeah, and then exactly. there's uh, From the Desk Of. That was another one that I guess – Got it, Cody. A lot of heat, but I was trying to be nice, you know. <laughs> oh, was, you sent the email from the desk. Yeah, and I was like, it was just trying to let people know it's from Cody. It's not from me. Like, <laughs> hey, don't you know? I don't. So, I don't speak like this. So what does Cody say? Like, dude, come here. <laughs> no, so he didn't even. No, it was one day after. Like, he had went somewhere, and we were outside, like at the you know eating dinner or whatever, And I said something about from the desk of, and Tony and the Bucks were like, so he never asked you to do that. I was like, no, that was just like what I googled how to send a professional email. <laughs> And they're like, oh, my God, you have no idea how many people, like, talk about him behind his back about that. Like, and I'm just like, here I am that 
getting this guy buried all because <laughs> right. like Google told me to do this. Right, you know? right, right. So. But you're also the guy too. Like I remember early on, for some reason, there was always a screw up with my hotel room for some. Oh that? my god! I, yeah. I don't even. Remember I thought what, about that this morning actually. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember what the screw up was. Yeah. It was there was someone else that was in charge, and it just it was never. But because I was the go to guy, I remember it was like Washington D.C. first dynamite. And I'm with my wife and I get a message from you because I was like formatting the show. And I was like, hey, dude, I, my hotel, like whatever the, the floor of the beds or whatever it was. And I was like, oh, double beds. That's what it was. So yeah. I had. Yeah. So I had messaged the guy that was in charge at the time and no answer, yeah. no answer. And I'm just like, screw it. And I just went down to the bottom, you know, to the lobby. I was like, hey, I need a king size, you know, and they're like, yeah, no problem. And so but then it was like a couple weeks in a row. Yes. And I'm like, finally, I was like. Can we? I got like six people on an email. I was like, how hard is this? <laughs> no, like, <laughs> no, the funny thing is, too, it sounds like, oh, Jericho being a, a prima donna. But the first time my wife was actually with me. Right. So that's like two double beds. And like, I've been traveling for 30 years. I like a king bed. Of it's, course, it's easy of to course. do. Yeah, and that's why when I, it, it became just a thing. It's like yeah. a couple of weeks when, when like, I know this is going to sound another pretentious thing, but we always have food after the show. And a lot of times everyone <laughs> eats it before I get there. So yeah. I have nothing. And said, so can we just leave one yeah. thing for me? And so you guys would write my name on it. Yeah. And then when, when it's not there, I'm texting you and Harrington at yep. 2 o'clock in the morning. Where's yeah. my food? Yeah, now I was homesick because I had missed the stretch. And yeah. it was like, Britt Baker messaged me. And she was like, hey, so Jericho didn't get food this time. And I'm like, okay, one, I can't do anything. <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? I'll order food to his room. I don't know. And two, like, police the locker room, guys. Yeah, like, yeah. what the hell? Like, yeah. tell them. So for a while, we had contracted talent only, mm-hmm. you know? And then it was a little rough, like... But at the same time, like, that is what it is, guys. Like, if you go to any uh, movie or TV show, like, you don't eat with the cast if you're an extra. Yeah, and the funny thing is, even just eating at all, because as you know, there is no other company in the world that has food for you after the show unless you're in Europe with WWE. But in the United States, steaks, (laughs) strip steaks, salmon, (laughs) cheeseburgers, pizza, it's a great stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so to me, and and once again, it's I, I don't think it's too much to ask for if you're an extra that you wait your turn. Like, if we go open for Iron Maiden and there's catering, we eat after Iron Maiden. Sure. That's just how it goes. Sure. Iron Maiden, their crew eat first. Yeah. Then Fozzie and our crew eat second. That's it. Of course. If I snuck course. in line and took freaking Bruce Dickinson's, you know, yeah. the, the, Imagine. The, the potatoes and mash or whatever, I'd be yeah. in big trouble, you know? Of course. Of course. I, the other day I said something loud to someone else and I felt bad because one of the guys, one of the extras, who's like really nice, you could see him like eat real quick, pack his food and walk out. Because I had said it loud because Wardlow didn't get, like, one of his meals. Yeah, yeah, And he had to eat something that – not that he cared. He was just happy to have food because he's a nice guy. But, like, I was like, yeah, because some, for some reason there's 100 extras in here eating. And I was, like, very uh, passive-aggressive about yeah, 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 yeah. it. And this poor guy, like, just got up and walked out, like, slowly. And I had to call him back in, like, hey, I wasn't talking about you, man. But I was 100%. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> So are you kind of in charge of booking extras as well? So unless there's somebody that we've specifically asked to bring in, yes. Mm. And part of it was um, during the pandemic when it first started because we filmed at the school. So I had all these people. Now it's it's too much. Like it is. Like my inbox, especially after this bunkhouse match, everything is, dude, congrats on that match. Oh, it's so great. Are there any spots available yeah, for yeah. dark? And because, I mean, as a – aspiring wrestler like you see what the guys get on dark it's not just go out there and take two moves and you're done like you're getting competitive matches dark is 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 as much of a wrestling show as any yeah. other show on yeah. tv yeah it's like wcw worldwide right you know? like Absolutely. they're good matches so i get it 100 percent. but i always 
now there's going to be a lot of people listening to this. You don't have to butter me up. Like, I'm a wrestler mm-hmm, yeah. first. Just tell me, like, hey, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Sure. If you, as long as you bring your, you know, your valid COVID test and you follow the protocols. And when you're here, you're not a jerk. You're just a normal guy that, and then you do your job. Like, cool. The other thing is, I tell them, cheer when you're in the audience. Yeah. We care about that more than any yeah. work that you're ever going to do because we don't want silence. So, like, I know today we're going to have a big meeting with a bunch of them about it. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, I mean, look at look for for over the summer when 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 you know Pineapple Pete was here, sure. he got that gig specifically because he was always going nuts in the yeah. crowd. Yeah, that's why he got it. Yeah, hundred you know? percent. Yeah, and he was someone that because in Atlanta he used to come by and help out at the school. And we just needed people. Tony mm. was like, I just need as many as we can. We don't know what we're filming yet. We don't know what's going to happen. So let's talk about that. That's, that's a, a great story. I'm glad you brought that up. So I was in, I'll tell you from my side, we had done that uh, uh, Release the Hounds promo with, yeah. with, the, with the Vanguard yeah, 1 and all great. that stuff. And so that was the week that I was just, we'll do this vignette and that'll be cool. And then the next week, just by pure happenstance, I was going to do commentary for the week. So we're finished that, and right during that show, they said that Florida was closing down. Mm. And I said to Tony, "What are you going to do?" And he said, we, "I'm we're filming, you know, six hours of TV in Atlanta tomorrow." And I said, "Well, I gotta go." He's like, you, "You'll fly in." It's like you're f-ing right, so flying. Right. A from a company man standpoint, B, I ain't missing six weeks of TV. Of course, I can't afford to do that because six weeks is a hundred years in wrestling times. Yeah. So that's kind of what I heard of mine. So talk about what, what went on yours because so, we did the shows at your school. Yeah. Yeah. So. When they first brought it up, I was like, oh, man. When did they bring it up? Uh, about like two or three weeks before that. They're like, hey, if we oh, ever gotcha. shut down, like, could we film at the school? And I was like, yeah, because, I mean, the school is a giant training facility, but they're not doing anything right now. And I'm sure there's a way that you guys could work out a deal with them and this, that, and the other. And uh, it's funny you say about missing TV because the night of the live show, I debuted with Dustin. Natural Nightmares debut. The next day, we filmed six weeks, and I didn't leave the table. <laughs> and Tony wrote, like, all these matches, and I'm, like, looking, and I'm not on any of them. And wow. I'm thinking, like, okay, like, I'm here, like, not right. even a dart and nothing. And Cody caught me in the production office eating candy. And he was like, what are you doing, dude? You just debuted. I'm like, I'm not on for six weeks, so I got six <laughs> weeks to, you know, like, get back in shape, you know. And he was uh, – but. But yeah, once they came and Keith and um, you know that there are production team came by and they're like, we could do this, we could do this. So it was just so cool the way they transformed it into mm-hmm. like a little arena that now I've spent probably about almost thirty grand out of my own money to make what it looked like that night. I've just been going off the picture and mm-hmm. recreating it for my students so they can wow, have a place right, where right. I can't do it, but at least they could run their own shows and uh, you know my business partners and stuff. And then the um, the campers that are not able to wrestle yet, those will be our fans. And I'm literally just buying everything that we have here. Like I just bought the diamond plated flooring and black carpet. And Cody's like, why are you spinning? I bought all the spinning headlights. And I'm like, dude, I want, I want to be able to let them do their own thing. But also like, it's always been my dream to like have granted, Cody's like, you have that now with AEW. What are you doing? You know? And I'm like, well, it's not just for me, it's for them, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so, but that was really cool. And I was glad that, we were able to, you know, kind of come through in the clutch, right? Like, it was just like, dude, like, what what would we have done? Right. And the idea that it was like this school that literally was, I sold my house in Florida. I bought a ring, you know, because by the time I paid taxes, paid my grandparents back, I had like no money off selling the house, you know, and to just buy a nice ring and a banner in a warehouse to meeting the owner of the facility and through Glacier, who's my business partner and doing all this stuff. And, uh, 
you know, then seeing that, you know, it's just like, oh, this is so cool. So, but what you're saying though is they had been preparing for that. Yeah, they kind for, of for as an option. Weeks. It was like us, um, ECW Arena. There was a couple different places, and in my head, I'm thinking like, and I never pushed for my place because you know I didn't want. Of course, it's wrestling. So even like Harrington one day was like, so what do you get out of it? I was like nothing, <laughs> and yeah. I didn't either. Yeah. Like they paid a lot of money for the school. I probably like five, ten grand per day or whatever it was. And I remember thinking, like, the owner better, like, turn around and not make me pay rent or something. Yeah. But we never even discussed it. And I just continued to pay. And I've never said anything. But, like, just because, like, he did tell me that uh, he wants me to have my own locker in his office, you know, like a memorabilia locker. And he does want to create something on the wall that shows, like, the night Dynamite was filmed with, like, mm-hmm. pictures and stuff, which I thought was pretty cool. He wants, like, a pair of boots. So so you never actually wrestled on any of those shows? That's hilarious. Just the live one. Because Tony and I, like I mentioned, we, that's how I started becoming a commentator yeah. was because I was supposed to anyways and no one else was available. Yep. So we called, I think, 26 matches yeah. in The only thing I did that day. whole time was I came out in Dustin versus Lance Archer and I was going to throw the towel. Oh, out. gotcha. That was it, though. And that was like pulling teeth. And like I remember talking to Cody about it and I was like, then I won't do anything. I got real mad. <laughs> Here I am like this. Now I became this egotistical like... What is it? Well, I won't do anything. It's funny, man. though, because we only literally had, I think Tony had like said like 29% of the roster or something yeah, like that. So I must yeah. have made you feel That's real good, I too. I was like, he's like, oh, we'll just use this guy. And I'm like, <laughs> what this about guy? Me? What about me? And he's like, but in his defense, he's like, I need you at the table next to me. Like, I need you to. To run the show. You, I coach gotcha. every match. So it was like. Well, okay, so hold on a second. So that's probably the, one of the reasons why is because you're coaching him because we didn't have any coaches 100%, either. Yeah. 100%. It wasn't a slight on my wrestling, yeah. but. It was just the idea that, because like, of who and then yeah. Dustin was going into this singles angle, and I'm just like, why'd they debut us then? <laughs> Sit know? here. Run you the know? show. And before we get back to QT Marshall, uh, I want to remind you about my pain maker apparel wear, uh, the line of clothing that was influenced by my time and tours of Japan. Go to painmaker.store. If you've been following me on my Instagram, Chris Jericho Foz, you'll see all the AEW superstars who are wearing this, Christopher Daniels and Sheeta and Anna Jay and Sammy Guevara. I'm going to keep posting every single day because I've got, geez, about 20 or 30 of the roster is getting into this. Painmaker.store. Go look and choose the design you want. It's perfect for Christmas. And also Jericho30.com to pre-order the complete list of Jericho. That's the book, my fifth book that uh, we're currently getting ready to to publish as soon as publishing starts again. Uh, You can pre-order it now. If you do, you'll get a 90-minute audio breakdown of some of the matches that you guys chose Every single match I've ever had in my career is included. Rare pictures, top 10 lists, comments from some of the biggest superstars in pro wrestling about uh, my career. Uh, go to Jericho30.com and pre-order that now. And don't forget a little bit of the bubbly.com to get the new version, the update, the, the V2 version of a little bit of the bubbly ready for your Christmas uh, enjoyment. That's a little bit of the bubbly.com. Go check it out now. One of the things that, that was interesting to me and probably one of the reasons why I got signed was talking about Dr. Luther with Lenny sure. to, to bring it. Oh, Tony's the, the voice of God has uh, just come on here. So so we're talking about how, how one of the reasons why uh, Len was hired was to kind of work with you guys down at yep. the school. And I don't know if this is still one of the ideas, but something that, that Len had mentioned you want to do, eventually you do run some some shows sure. that are kind of a territory out of yeah, there. Yeah, so we have everything. I mean, we have a ring truck. I have four rings. I have a show ring. I have like a 16, an 18, a 20-footer, entranceways, uh, music. I actually bought one of the promotions I used to work for. 
because the guy wanted out and like I didn't like not tell him, but I told a buddy of mine, I was like, Hey, you should buy this. I'll give you the money. Like you buy it, but mm. I'll I'll just do everything, yeah. you know? I'll pay for everything, I'll buy the ring, all this stuff. But then obviously with the pandemic, but I in my in my mind, right now we're gonna do eventually the same building every like first weekend of the month on Saturday, we'll do this week, this area, and we'll just keep going back every month. Mm. And the idea is like, if someone already runs that building, which they will have people that already run that building, because Georgia's not like a crazy indie place, is like, no problem, we'll showcase your champion or something. Like, and if you don't want to do it, okay, then we'll just do a meet and greet with Cody, like mm-hmm. on our show, and then good luck running next month. Like, it's very terrible right. to say that, but, but no. like. I want our guys to be able to wrestle all the time because I hate when they come here and they don't get a job. It is what it is. And I'm never going to push for them. So, like, that's just something I won't do. But I want them to come here and do extra work and have a match where Tony's like, dude, that's great. Like, like Lee Johnson. Man, we got to sign that guy. Mm. Great. That made me feel great. But when they come here, they do a match and then nothing happens. It's like, well, that's because you need experience. Like, unfortunately, you've had four right. matches, dude. Like. You and your fifth match shouldn't be AEW. Like your fifth match should be in you know Canton, Georgia, in front of nineteen people. Like it is what it That's is. That's how it works. Know? Yeah. That's how. And it there's works. people here under contract that would benefit from working in Canton, Georgia, and that's, which might raise it from nineteen people to one hundred nineteen yes, people. Yes, and that was the other thing is like, well, if we could figure out a system where, you know, maybe the guy flies from TV, they train Thursday at the school then friday they go to the ddp studio and film a vignette or something whatever it is Mm -hmm. then saturday they do the show or they do a meet and greet at the show or whatever it is like we can all benefit right and you know and i obviously legally like i don't think i'm supposed to have a wrestling company and i'm pretty sure that goes against the rules so but that's why like glacier running the school and all that other stuff if it it almost becomes a feeder system which is kind of what i understand it to be yeah then it's good. It's like your own, our own version of the performance center. That's the thing. If 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 it's not something selfishly where I'm trying to just make money, because I'm not. At the end of the day, if anything, I'm trying to spend money now. Like to you know. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that. But that's what I want. I want them to be able to wrestle all the time. You know, because that's the only way you're going to get good. It's the right. only way. You know, like I don't know. It's just one of those things. But we can't. So anyway, with Lenny, I told him about it. He was doing something like that in, in Portland, Portland yeah. anyway. Yeah. And I was like, well, if you like that over there like you'll love it here like this is like the thing is right now he's he's just he's still new so he doesn't want to step on and i keep telling him dude just get in there whatever you want to do like that's his personality too yeah you're gonna bring a different set style of coaching so i'll never say like and not only that like wrestling is subjective so you know and i even tell all my guys and girls like it's flavors of ice cream man and if lenny's the boss at the time, do what he likes. Mm-hmm. If he's not, you know what I mean? And he's telling you something, like he's telling you for a reason. He's not just telling you to, you know, pop himself. Like he's doing it because he knows this is what works. And and I would never, also the other thing is I've had a multitude of people try to ask me to come coach at the school. I'm not going to let some random person come mm-hmm. in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like the idea that, because I didn't really know much. I never watched anything but WWF yeah, growing of course, up. So right. like. But after talking to you and then talking to Lenny, it's like, okay, at the end of the day, as long as he's a nice guy and he knows what he's talking about, that's all. You know what I mean? And so we spoke about it, and he's just getting settled now. But I think once the world does open back up, you know, it'll it'll be really good. Mm -hmm. I think so. I mean, it has to be. You know? Who uh, who are some of the the students that you have that that signed here? You mentioned Lee Johnson. So Lee Johnson, all of my students turned into the Dark Order. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> Preston Vance ten, Allen Angels five, Anna J, 
Um, those are the the three, right. and then Lee Johnson was the other one that during the pandemic all got jobs. Out it's of amazing to me how good Anna is for such a short period Unreal. of time. And that was a she's actually so Glacier's best friends. That's his niece. Oh. And he was like, I got this girl. I don't know how she, serious she's going to take it because she's beautiful. And I was like, okay, let me see. And then she came to the school and I was like, oh, man, yeah, like I've dealt with girls like this at, at the Monster Factory. Like she's not going to last. Right, right. And then like right away she got hurt. She needed shoulder surgery. Like, mm. And she stuck through it. And then during that show at the school, she had done a match with Penelope that kind of was like, eh, it was okay. And uh, it was only like her sixth match. Yeah. So like. And then Cody, we were at his house. He's like, what if we do, you know, maybe Anna Jay versus Sheeta? Because we didn't have any talent. Yep. And I was like, oh, dude, like, I'm not going to lie. I don't know about putting her on live TV, man. Like, this is her set. And she did great. And it was, mm-hmm. and she had a, such a great response from the audience. And it was just like, they came right up to me like, hey, we want to sign her. And I was like, okay, well, uh, if she doesn't do well, she's not my trainee. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. of course, I don't want to ever take away a job from anybody. But at the same time, like, just know what you're buying, too, is like, she's that's had seven though. matches. Yeah, that's what I'm, my point you is. You know, yeah. And she's just, she's well, be, because she was a performer before doing the recitals and whatever it was that she mm-hmm. was doing, you know, she's she's got it. I don't know whatever. I used to say it was just an excuse for hiring bodybuilders that didn't know how to wrestle. That was always like the indie wrestler. Like, you don't even know what it is, okay? Because Shawn Michaels didn't have it in the 80s, you know? Anna Jay has it, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> just as we, as we start to wind down, who's who's in the school? How many students do you have in the school now? So the camp we do with Cody and I, there's 22. Wow. And that's a 12-week camp. Uh, but then once we get done with that class, I have a night class, which is like before we started this camp system where we call them like the lifers. And they're the more experienced. They're the ones that I would use for the shows that we use for AEW if, if they need extras and stuff. And so there's probably about like 40 maybe total. I mean, it's absurd. Yeah, yeah. Like when Cody first got there, there was like six. And now there's 40 people. And he says it's like a birthday party. Like everyone's just having fun. But <laughs> they work hard. And, and I also like I let them know what is expected. And then when they ask me, so now they never ask me if they can get booked because they already know what I'm, did you get your new gear? Does it look TV ready? Does this, that, because I never want to say no. So I just set the expectations so high. As it should be. As it should be. This is national fucking TV. Right. And dark is national TV too with 500,000 people watching. And this took me 16 years to get here. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not just going to hand you something. Yeah. And I know that's terrible to hear, but. It's not, yeah. At the end of the day, you can give me all the money in the world. I'm not going to risk my job. Mm-hmm. Like it is what it is. Or your is. reputation. Like and my reputation. Like you right. said, the most important thing is having the respect of, 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 of your peers. Yeah. So if there's a guy like, um, like for example, Anthony Gogo. Who yeah. Was, is, is oh, yeah. He's come? one of mine. Oops. No, no, that's okay. But there's a couple. Because yeah. I, I know that Sadie was going to move yeah. here. Um, yeah. And they would come. And the idea would be people that need more experience would come to your school. Yeah. And then train with you when they're not here at TV. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So – Anthony, uh, it was Anthony, Sadie, now Jade. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. So there's, there's, there's a couple. And, uh, you know, I just really focus on them. Like now we do like a AEW class too, where it's only like the people that are in Because if they get hurt, I'd rather them hurt each other. Mm-hmm. I can't explain to Tony like, oh, you know, John X yeah. broke Jade's leg. Right. Like who's John X and what is he doing, you know? Yeah. And then he found out he had one match, you know? So, but I get in the ring and I wrestle them all the time. Like Anthony Agogo and I had a, 15 minute match on the fly mm. a couple of weeks ago and it was just like this That's is great. how you learn man yeah. it's yeah. the only way and mess up and plus i know i can control how many times you're going to drop me and you know yeah. this that and the other but it's fun like i would 
I go to the school. Like, my wife hates it because I'm there all the time. I just enjoy it. It's fun for me. And also, I'm at the age now, which is I'm only 35, but I'm 35 where, like, if I don't wrestle for a while and then I bump, I feel it. Whereas, like, if I'm just doing it all the time, I'm okay. Right. So it's just uh, helps you stay in shape. Sort of, yeah. As right, you know, right, this right. shape at least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I just hired a bodybuilding coach, and I'm I'm I always say this, but now and my wife's a nutritionist, so the idea that I went out and hired someone else wasn't a fun topic at home. But at the end of the day, like, I'm not held accountable to her because she's my wife. She's mm-hmm. not going to get mad at me, and you know, she's just going to still love me because that's what we do, and right. like. But now this guy hopefully is going to be like, dude, what the hell? Why'd you eat that? You shouldn't. You need to eat right, this. And right, right, so right, right. I really want to take it seriously because, like, I am realizing like my confidence has gotten a lot better. Let's put it that way. And I've been having these matches, even if they're on dark, like where people are like, oh man, QT's actually. Someone wrote it the other day, like, man, QT, like everything he does is pretty good. And I wanted to say like, oh, you spelled being a professional wrestler wrong. <laughs> right, you know right, I mean? right, like, right. I'm but, just professional. But you have that, like, like you know, Luther has it uh, to an extent and Nakazawa yeah. has it, even Brandon Cutler, because you're friends with one of the top guys. Yeah. And you almost have to work harder to prove that. Of that's course. what I like to see, like, Luther's actually pretty good or QT actually yeah. like, yeah, that's why you're here. You're right. not here on a friendship plan. Right. You're here because you do a lot yeah. of work and you deserve to be here the friendship plan gets you in the door yes it gives you a look yes but like you still have to produce every time that's right and that's why like i always say like in the the one time i got to cut a promo for like the pay-per-view match and all out and i said that like name a time where i've gone up to the plate and struck out dude like i'm not trying to sound like arrogant but i don't it i'm just this is the only thing i'm good at in my life like, let me have this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't take this away from right, me. Right, right, right. I really study it. I, it's all I do is watch wrestling. Like, I really try to pay attention. I see what gets over, what doesn't get over, and and I try. Yes, I'm not the greatest, most exciting baby face. I don't, I'm not a baby face human being. It is what it is. Like, <laughs> I enjoy the, and I enjoy, you know, so. Who's your favorite wrestlers of all time that you, like, you study, you study wrestling? So, uh, Shawn Michaels, definitely. Mm-hmm. The Rock is one of my one of my favorites, um, and then I have like right under those two, I have like my other five, and it's like you, Triple H, Randy Orton, Razor Ramon is a big one for it's me, great, and then Macho Man. Those are that's like a pretty good list. Yeah, that's a pretty and I good try list. to steal a little bit from everybody. But that's what makes that's what a professional does. That's the way I was taught. Nowadays, I think it's different because every time I ask people like, "Well, who do you want to be?" It's like. I want to be Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z. And I'm like, what? Don't you want to be a wrestler? Like, yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. be in, you know, or I'm an alien like Chris Atlander. Like, you're not a real alien. Yeah, like, you, you can't know expect- you're not an alien. Right, right. Just pick a wrestler that, you know. So, yeah. what's your uh, last question? What's your favorite match that you ever had? Hmm. Hmm. Well, last week, uh, last week would be it. Uh, but before that, I had one with. Uh, in Ring of Honor with Roderick Strong that was not meant to be good. Mm. And it was really good. And we got into like a huge argument. And here's why. Someone was ribbing me because I was like the non-Ring of Honor wrestler, or, like the style. Hey, you should do the people's elbow. I was like, okay. Like, I'll do it in a heartbeat. Are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> so then Roderick was like, and why don't you miss it? And I was like, okay, but instead of missing it because the finish is your – Walls of Jericho. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just pick my leg in midair and then get me in it and I'll get to the ropes or I'll kick off and then I'll close on you or something. Nah, that doesn't work. Of course it'll work. Like it definitely Tyson works. Tyson with The Rock all the time. So he goes, no, it's not going to work, dude. And I was like, it worked with Chris Jericho and The Rock <laughs> all the time. Like, did you watch wrestling? 
which is why I had a bad reputation because it definitely worked. I've never, I plagiarize everything. Yeah. Like that's what you're supposed to do. Like make it your own. So instead I end up missing this people's elbow, which as soon as I kicked his arm and took the elbow, crazy booze, I missed the people's elbow. Um, he ends up schoolboying me and then I give him like a back elbow. And it was just so like non, yeah. it's the only part of the match I didn't like. But I was just like, dude, let me have, I'm telling you, this <laughs> works. works. And it's, it's so the obvious. Finish. It's the finish. Like, they did it all the time, all of 2001, <laughs> you know? Right. And the other one that I did all the time was when Hogan went for the leg drop. Yeah, legs. it's like, why don't you just, we next, don't have to recreate anything. Like, just watch what they do. Next time I see Roderick, I'll have to tell him, dude, yeah. you were wrong. Yeah, tell him, yeah. Yeah, he probably doesn't even remember the match. I remember because uh, it was like, when I knew, like, man, maybe I should just shut my mouth. Especially because he chops mm. really hard. And I don't like to chop. Huh. So, like, yeah, he was just and, – and then I never chopped him back the whole match. And when I came in the back, even Delirious was like, I'm surprised you never chopped him back. I was like, I just don't like it, man. Like, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll, I'll take him all the time, yeah. but it hurts my hand, you know. <laughs> I like pro wrestling, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, good job, dude. See, you did it great. Yeah, I First made it. First important podcast, it. you made it through. Thanks, man. Of course. Thank you.